Welcome to the Convergence Church Podcast. Our vision at Convergence is to encounter Jesus and transform cities with His power and His love. If you'd like more information about Convergence and how to plug in, you can visit convergencechurch.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy this message. We're going to transition into a time of testimonies, but this morning's already been a testimony. I mean... I would stay here for the rest of the day if we had more people to baptize. Like, I I love what the Lord is doing. And so we're going to step into a time of testimony. So there are a few people that I just want to call up that we we have asked to do some testimonies. If I could have the Graves, um, Jim and Venora Sealing, Carol Martinez, Sarah Archer, Michael Pruitt, Levi Balance. Uh, if Naomi Shannon is here, that would be amazing if she could come as well. And Sierra Balance. You guys can just line up right here. Yeah, just like right here. And we'll just go, we'll go we're straight into testimonies. All right, so you can just come up. And you can. Um, So I was giving a testimony about the women's retreat. Uh, I've been to the last two. um, That's just as long as I've been a member here. I encourage you, even if you're not a member, to to come. Um, For me personally, it's been such a marked um, time in my relationship with Jesus. And um, these beautiful women that go to the church. uh, To be pretty transparent, there are things that I... um, seclude myself from because I've put myself in this category. Um, you know, I'm a single mom with different things going on. Um, and then during worship, that just came to me. Jesus was like, these aren't a people in a church of categories. Um, these women really have partnered with the identity of heaven and have poured into me and been so gracious with me and my journey to pour back into them. So really encourage you to come um, and and not let anything hold you back if there are things again those voices uh, just challenge you to take that to the father because that's not his heart for you Um, beautiful women um, doing beautiful things in his name is is where you need to be so so good all right Michael as a small boy I had lots of experiences in the spirit realm and a lot of them frightened me and Unfortunately, my dad would say, Michael's a dreamer. He always has his head in the clouds. And so I was afraid to be me and to be, you know, someone that saw things or experienced things. And then coming here and Misty telling me, uh, hey, you're a mystic. You want to be a part of the mystics community? I'm like, that sounds scary. But really what it is is she's been, the mystics community has helped me to realize that there are things the Lord put in me but they need to be brought into subjection to Jesus and that Jesus wants to be Lord over those things and lead me and show me how to navigate that. And uh, my friend Jason here, I love you, Jason. He's helped put boundaries around my prophetic giftings because boundary lines in pleasant places. And Misty just this morning said, a hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Jesus is the tree and we have permission to eat from that tree. We don't have to be, because they got pushed away from the tree because if they ate back in the garden, they would have been stuck in that condition. But I'm a new creation, so now I can eat freely of the tree. And so I just want to thank our, um, the mystics community. It's very biblical. It's like 
just a sound. You're not going to get weird and get off into weird spiritual things. It's going to be brought into subject to Jesus. It's always about Jesus. It's always focused on Jesus. It's always in subjection to the Bible. And it's, so it's helped me grow and find freedom and allow me to be me and not feel like I'm not welcome. And so if, if you have that in your heart, just I encourage you to come and you can be grown up and trained up and then find confidence and then find freedom in Jesus in our Mystics community. Bless you. So good, so good, Jim and Nora. We are Jim and Venora Sealing, if you don't know us. And um, our testimony to Jesus today, this morning, is what he did in our marriage through the Reengage um, Bible study. And um, it, we've been together this, I guess, in a few days um, for 25 years. <clears throat> and that all goes to God in her. Um, The life that, that we lived in ministry for years and years, I pushed a lot of things down and did not share because I didn't want to look weak to the people that we were leading. And um, a lot of, well, a couple big thorns began, began to develop and um, topics that we just could never really talk about. And um, I'm gonna let Venora share, but really through re-engage, we got the boundaries and with the help of Holy Spirit, we're able to really push through some things. So the first, I'd say the first half of the 16 weeks was like a breeze. It was super easy. And we're like, oh, we've got this, it's, it's great. And then we started hitting walls. We started hitting walls, not just with the curriculum, but in life and work and sickness and just everything was coming and trying to stop us from being involved. And I was like, ready to just give up. Like, this is too hard, we can't do it. And then the coursework started getting a little bit more difficult to conversate about. And we really hit a brick wall with that. But we pushed through all of those things. And we finally got to a week where um, in the questions and the discussion and the tools that we had learned really helped us to be able to um, confront some issues in our marriage that Every time those topics would come up in the past, it was very emotional and just ended up in arguments. And we were able to um, push through those things in um, just a way that the Holy Spirit ministered to both of us. And we were able to come to some resolution and healing um, in our marriage through through what we learned in Reengage. And 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 although we still have things we're pushing through. Because of going through, and we've taught, we've taught marriage classes, right? But because we went through and used the tools, we have the confidence and an ease in moving forward in tackling the obstacles that are still in front of us. So if you have the ability to um, sign up for re-engage, I highly recommend it. So good. Come on. So good. All right. Sean and Renee. Hello. I agree with re-engage, by the way which is like 12 weeks now. Anyway, um, <laughs> just going to put that out. Okay, um, so we're talking about uh, Financial Peace University that we had. It went from um, March 7th and then went for nine weeks, and I can't do the math. Uh, but 
Uh, I got the numbers. Um, we had six couples go through with us, and we've, uh, in um, financial peace, uh, you do two things. Obviously, you get out of debt, but then you build what's called an emergency fund for three to six months of just security, so you're not relying on credit cards. And of the, with the six couples, cumulatively, we saved $28,000. We paid off $26,000 worth of debt. And that's just as of June. So, um, yeah. Yay! Um, so we're super excited about that. It's something that's near and dear to our hearts, because you all know our testimony that we were $86,000 in debt and paid it off in two and a half years while I was on unemployment and she was working at a... Anyway, it's a whole story. We'll get into that later. I have one to two minutes. Um, <laughs> so, You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and so just the one verse that we lived by was um, the plans of the diligent um, uh, lead to prosperity, <laughs> but haste leads to poverty. And credit card spending is haste because you're not planning out. You're trying to just get it. Anyway, so yeah. Um, and then the other thing, which I'm going to try to get through, is, um, dang it, this always happens to me. <laughs> I'm an emotional guy. Um, so most of you all know this, but I'm a detective with Fort Worth. I've been with Fort Worth for uh, 13 years, and I work the streets. <laughs> Thank you, Corinne. I worked the streets uh, for eight years, and... Um, my wife and I went to uh, Sound of Freedom, and I can't tell you how accurate that that movie is. The way that uh, the actor portrays the officer, the things that we have to do to get confessions. And so I just felt the Lord telling me to pray for the officers right now because human trafficking is so hard to see, guys, as a patrol officer. We can't, we don't have the training, but it's so difficult. It's so difficult to pick out, and you can talk to the detectives that are in Fort Worth. It's just, and I have so many cases, but. So, Lord, right now, we just lift up the officers in this nation. Lord, shine the light in the darkness. Lord, show the officers as they're in these situations. Give them just give them, Lord, give them clarity, give them vision, let them see through the darkness, let them see through the lies, Lord, reveal the truth, Lord, give boldness to those that are involved, Lord, to step up, Lord, give boldness to this nation, Lord, to the leaders of this nation, Lord, for the laws that need to change in this nation, Lord, and Lord, for just the culture that needs to change, Lord, we cry that you come now, Lord, Lord, shine the light right now, Lord, in the darkness, right now! <laughs> So, Lord, right now, even in Fort Worth, Lord, as the officers are right now working, Lord, Lord, just to shine the light in those places, Lord, 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 help those officers find those children in need, Lord, and break free those chains of slavery right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, and Lord, we just say for a second, we just pray protection over the officers, Lord, and we just, we thank you, we thank you for our policemen, we thank you for all all of our first responders, Lord, and we just bless them. And we ask you that you would give them supernatural wisdom. Not, not their own wisdom, but wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit, Lord. And we just, we just even declare here in our city that human trafficking would be eradicated in this city, in this city, in our nation, Lord. But we thank you that we occupy authority 
specifically in the ground here in Tarrant County in Fort Worth in the DFW Metroplex. And so we just say, do it here, Lord. Do it here, Lord, that you are releasing a sound of freedom in Fort Worth, a sound of freedom across the nation. And we just thank you right now, Lord. We ask you that those that, that are in, those that are trapped in this, Lord, that there would be freedom now, that there would be freedom now that those that are involved in it would come to the Lord, that it would be like the road to Damascus when Saul saw a light and it was an encounter with the man Jesus. We ask you for that to happen right now, that you are releasing a sound of freedom. And Lord, we just ask you that you do it here, but that you do it all over the world. I know this exists all over the world, Lord, and we thank you that you're bringing light to it right now. And that's not an accident because you're exposing darkness with the intention of bringing light. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Woo, bless you guys. Thank you. We love you guys. Wow. All right. Hi, I'm Naomi. Um... When I was about eight years old, I got saved in the parking lot of my grandparents' apartment. And I'm now 13, and if you were at the YouthX camp, you would know that. On Thursday night, I gave the rest of my life to the Lord. And I really, I really felt like on Wednesday night, we had uh, Vincent Hardy speaking. Didn't do much speaking, but there was a ton of, ton of worship. And I really felt like the Lord was breaking chains and shackles, especially on me, of like fear of judgment, like fear and shame when it came to worshiping. And I just feel a lot closer with the Lord and a lot more free and connected when it comes to worship. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. So good. Carol. Hi, I'm Carol Martinez, and my testimony is one of provision. And that is that I had a car that I'd had since 2008, and it was a wonderful car, uh, but it had almost 200,000 miles. And I just knew that I needed something that would help me to get around more. And, uh, and so I was just praying and, and asking the Lord. And so I had this idea because my dad, who's 97 years old, he had told me when I pass away, my car is yours. And so thank God my dad is still alive. <laughs> and he knows this story, what I'm about to say. But about in February, one day, just suddenly uh, my dashboard, just all the lights started shining. And I went, oh no. And so I just said, I need that car. I need that car. And then suddenly a light dawned on me. And I said, but God, I don't want my dad to die so I can get his car. And I told him that. So, <laughs> And so anyway, it's kind of like at that moment I realized that I was limiting my belief in God's provision in one thing. And so I released that. And so very interesting that next week something that, Pastor Steve Fish had never done that I remember in my seven and a half years here, he prayed for cars. Then a friend of mine, a ministry friend of mine from uh, Arizona who loves her flashing new cars, 
I told her, and she said, well, let me pray for her, for you. And I said, okay, for Michelle to pray for me, she's a good thing, because she always has good cards. So she prayed for me. And then a few days later, I had a dream in which God said, I mean, I don't say God, but it was just, you know, when you have a dream, and it's like that voice that comes to you through a, a dream, and it said, you're getting a new car. And so just a few, maybe a couple of weeks later, my sister, she and my, her, she was retiring, and she and her husband were going to start the RV life. And so he, I knew she was selling her car. But I thought, oh, it's just going to be $10,000, $12,000. There's just no way I can do it. And so, uh, and so my brother was there, and he said, well, how much are you going to sell your car for? And she said, oh, all I want is the, the, the payments. And, uh, and so she said, they're just about $3,000. And uh, it's a 2018 SR Special Edition Ultimate. <laughs> and so I spoke up and said, I can do that. And then my dad said, oh, I'll just let you, I'll just pay the check as part of your inheritance. So I got me my 2018 Ultima. Interestingly, my dad quit driving a month later. So I would have gotten his car, which is not near as nice as this one. So, you know, I just praise God for that. And I just want to say one thing. Can I just add that? Okay. I started doing freelance about eight years ago, and I'd been under salary for 35 years. And I hated freelance. I hated having to depend on God instead of the company that I worked for. And so, I, I mean, and it's, you know, it was just, it was a new, new other, some of y'all can identify. <laughs> so anyway, you know, sometimes when I wasn't sure how the money would come, I'd get really fearful. And I would walk and I would pray. And, you know, when I do all that declaration, Lord, you are the provider. You do this. You do that. But I would do it in fear, kind of like trying to convince God and myself. And one night I was kind of like marching around my apartment complex. And God spoke to me. And he said, Carol. He said, you see me as a dysfunctional father. And of all the verses he gave me that I had never heard for provision was the one, I think it's in Timothy, where he speaks and says, the, the man, the father who does not provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. And he told me, he said, Carol, do you think I'm going to hold my people to a higher standard than I hold myself? And that totally transformed my life and so I knew I needed that car but I wasn't terrified I knew that I had a good father a good provider and he gave it to me and I still sometimes have to march around that but I always now knowing it doing it in faith and in joy knowing I have a good loving providing father that his provision is part of his love yeah if, if you need provision, just stand. If that's something that you've been praying for and believing for, I want Carol to pray. Because again, what is a testimony? What are we doing? We're, we're remembering, we're seeing what he's done, but it's also do it again, Lord, right? And so the, there's an opportunity to step in right now to, to that. And so I just want Carol to pray for that. Yes, God, I thank you because you are a loving father. And amongst all the amazing blessings, you are a father. That provision is also one of your expressions of love. 
And I thank you for that expression of love. I thank you because you're not a dysfunctional father. You are a providing, loving, complete father. So, Lord, I just pray that over every single person here who is needing financial provision, that they might, in a new dimension, ex experience that dimension of your love, that dimension of provision, that dimension of provision. So, Father, and I do pray, Father, for all of those who might be in fear, in despair, who are just really terrified because I know what that is. I feel that you bring peace upon them, assurance upon them, guidance. And we thank you, Father, because we know that favor is something what we also have as your sons and daughters. So thank you for favor, Lord. Thank you for favor. Thank you for your providing love. Thank you, God. Thank you because you are our shepherd and we shall not want. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. Come on. All right, Levi. So I was, when we came here, I was really struggling. Like, I was just questioning God, like, why did he bring us out here? I don't know anyone. And for my entire life, I was, I was living in Virginia, and I was just, I was really connecting with people, but not as much as I knew. And then when we came here, um recently at kids camp I was just looking around at my friends and laughing and having fun and then I heard that little whisper that you get and you're just like okay what is it and then he was just like he was just like and that's why and I was just like I was just I was just like yep So, most of you know that all of the youth went to camp this week. <laughs> there was so much freedom released in so many testimonies. But one thing that really impacted me um, we have a friend who doesn't live here. He lives in Texas, but um, he wanted to come to camp, and so he brought his brothers and all his church to, to camp with us. And Wednesday night, um, after worship, we were, we were all talking, and the conversation ended up going to his brother who wasn't following the Lord. And he said, I've been praying ever since I got saved, that he would come to the Lord. And I just, I saw this picture. I saw this picture of the Lord just, he was holding his brother's hand and he was trying to run towards God, but he couldn't go anywhere because he was holding on to his brother who wasn't walking with the Lord and wasn't walking towards the Lord. And so, He's like standing here. He's like, come on, let's go, let's go. Like, we gotta get to God. And Jesus walks up to him and he, he takes his chin and he, he looks him up, look, makes his face look up towards Jesus. And Jesus says, will you let go? Will you let go and will you walk with me? 
can you trust me enough to walk with me and I'll get him? You've got to let go. You can't carry this burden. It's not yours to bear. Let go. Look at me. Walk with me. Run with me. And I've got him. And we spent probably like an hour just praying over this and other things. Um... <laughs> the next day we were worshiping and I was in the back and I look up and I see his brother over in the aisle jumping around and flailing his arms and worshiping God <laughs> and afterwards Jesus he's talking to me and he goes, Sierra, you got to do that too. He goes, isn't it so much better to let me carry the burden and to walk with me? And I feel like this morning the Lord wants to free some of you from carrying the burden of trying to get your family or get your friends or get your get people to go to God but he just wants you can't you trust him enough to let him carry your family and your friends to God so I just want to I just want to pray over anyone you don't have to stand you don't have to raise your arms just just look at Jesus Jesus is asking you right now, will you walk with me? Will you look into my eyes? Will you hold my hand and walk with me? I've got them. Jesus, I thank you that you're calling us to walk with you right now. I thank you that you're taking care of our family and our friends. I say yes to walking with you and letting go. And I ask that there would be a freedom in every one of our hearts to let go and let you. Right now, I know that you can do it, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you're calling us to walk with you. And I thank you that we're walking with you now. I thank you that we don't even have to look back and wonder if they're going to turn to you. <laughs> I thank you, Jesus, so much. We bless your name and all that you do. You guys up here too? All right. Well, hi. It's good to see you all again. <laughs> hi. So, I I remember one of the first things when I came here, well, to this church is. This is a testimony of camp too, yes. But I remember, where is he? Right there. He, 
taught on not having expectations because that would limit what could happen in your future. Because with those expectations, you only look for that and not what's possibly here or here. You're just straight ahead. And so what happened is I went into camp with expectations. And so when I went with that, I went in there and as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. And then when things weren't like I wanted, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And then I remembered previously before we went there, he once again, I think it was him and Nikki said, don't go there expecting something. They said, go there with fresh eyes. I may be getting the words wrong, but go there with fresh eyes and look for the Lord in what you do. And I immediately said, you know what? Let's see what happens. And so I forgot everything I expected and I went in camp with fresh eyes. And funny thing is, is when I started actually getting close to the Lord, Satan kind of went, oh, you're getting close. Well, I need to stop that. And so that first day when I was in there, I was playing basketball with him right here and I landed on my ankle wrong. And so I was like, okay, it's fine. I couldn't walk, I could barely walk for the rest of camp. And from that, I went, no, Satan, you're not gonna send me home. I said, I'm staying. And so I got some people to pray over me. And one of them said, you will be able to dance on this ankle. He said, you will be able to run around. He said, you will not be hindered by this ankle. And from that, it's still sprained, but I feel no pain anymore. And <laughs> the best part of that camp was I, I went in and I saw all these people jumping around with confidence, with happiness, and I was confused because I was like, how can someone do that? And then one of the sermons, y'all are going to have to help me out here. I don't know which day it was. And they, it was also great. It blurred together. But um, he preached on not having a father. And that always hits me hard when someone talks about that. And from that, growing up without a father, I didn't have that reassurance of go through life with confidence. And I didn't grow up with that 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 kind of strength to just pull through the words of others and so because of that I was a very happy kid that didn't grow up knowing that the world was a hard place and so from that everything that was bad about the world hit extra hard and so that really from a young age caused me to have the fear of man and underconfidence and just utterly a fear of everyone because I didn't know what they were thinking and it would even hurt if they looked at me because I was afraid of what they were thinking so my mom knows this we used to go out to eat a lot not a lot but we would go out to eat and when we would I couldn't even physically eat when someone was near me because I was too afraid of what they were thinking and so the funniest thing is is at camp whenever he was preaching about not having a father he goes he goes you may think you don't but you do he said look around he goes he is here with you and he goes you may not have an earthly one but your heavenly and spiritual father was always there and in that i started seeing every 
little thing where he was truly there, where he would have his hands on my shoulder, where he'd have his hands over my ears when things were said that I would have really hurt. And <laughs> when I was a child, I was very happy. <laughs> I would be happy to do anything. I would love to do everything. I was such a joyful child. But then I, uh, my life was like an actual rug pulled out from under me. And I was thrown into quite a few things I wasn't ready for. And once again, not having a father, when I did have one, I clung to everything that was said and done. And so from that, I gained a lot of anger to the point where that is what my sole emotion was. And I had to fake every other emotion I had for a long time. And want to let go of he said bring it up here and talk to somebody and I told him how angry I was at the world and at people because my real father wasn't even there to see me born he wasn't even there for me and then my father that was given to me my stepfather He didn't know how to raise a man. He didn't know how to be one himself. So from that spawned a lot of confusion of what to be and what to do. And then right, right when I thought I wasn't going to know how to be a man, I felt a hand touch my shoulder, but I didn't see anybody. And then in that moment when I realized I didn't see anybody, I did see someone. I saw the one man who knew how to be a father and a man. Yeah. I saw God looking at me and saying, you are my son whom I love. here who's struggling with knowing responsibility or knowing having confidence or having fear of man or worrying about what other people are thinking that you don't have to worry about that anymore because those things cannot hurt you when you have father God on your side because he's looking down on you he has his arms around you he has the crown of thorns around you his angels are with you with that are reinforced and I pray in the, <laughs> of all the, the only son Jesus Christ 
anyone who doesn't have a father that you see that your true father is here. Amen. Wow, amen. Hi, y'all. So, all my life I knew um, whenever I would dance, like it didn't even matter if I was at a wedding or something, whenever I'd dance, I'd just feel joy, you know. And I never really knew what that joy was. I figured it'd just be like the in the moment kind of thing. But on Wednesday at youth camp, Vincent Hardy, um, he, he basically explained how worship can be dancing and I, I felt like these chains just break off of me <laughs> and I, I realized that I can dance for the Lord and that when I dance the Lord is pleased and now I feel like I can just dance all day long and feel like worshiping the Lord and it's awesome thank you Jesus So good. Wow. I don't really have anything to say. I mean, that was so good. Maybe you're like me, and like it's one thing to know a lot of, you know, you can quote a lot of scripture, but we've said this before here at Convergence. When you hear how God has transformed someone else, you hear their story, there's an invitation to enter into something a lot deeper than just words on a page. What happened in this room this morning is not just a good service. This is not just a fun little thing that we're doing. This is stepping into the reality that the words on the page it's a real God who brings real transformation, who sets people free, who releases joy and provision. It's real. Do you feel it in the room this morning? When you hear what the Lord has done, you cannot leave this room and just pretend like life is the same. You can't pretend that God is just like your revelation this morning is deeper than when you came in the room. And I, I don't know, my heart's really stirred right now. So can we just stand? I want to just take the last few minutes, and I want us to just pray. And I just want you, don't worry about anyone else in the room. I want you to lay down, as Sierra prayed, lay down burdens, lay down fear. If you need healing in your body, just begin to put your hand on any area where you need healing. And we're just going to step into what the Lord just released through testimony. And so, as we've done all morning, we celebrate what you've done, Lord, but we celebrate what you've done knowing that you want to do it again, that you desire to bring freedom, that you desire to heal, to set free, to release dancing. 
Some of you, you've been afraid to worship the way that God created you to worship because of fear of man. And the Lord is breaking that off right now. And he's saying, I want you to express the way that God made you. Don't listen to what the enemy says worship looks like. Because we don't worship him. We could care less what he thinks. What we care about is what God thinks. What we care about is what God's saying. And right now, God is saying that he created you to worship. He created you to release something fresh to him. So Lord, right now, we thank you. We lay down. We lay down things that don't belong, Lord. We lay it down. We lay down fear. We lay down areas, things that we've held back. We lay down times when we've held back. And right now, I just feel like the Lord is saying, leave this room with confidence. Leave this room with confidence that I will complete the work that I've started. It's not your job to complete it, it's mine. So Lord, we just step in. We step in. We step in this morning. We thank you for what you've, what you've broken open in this room. And I just say as a church, Lord, may we never be the same. May this room look completely different next week. Would you break something open that's breaking open doors, doors of provision, doors of freedom, doors to walk in the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man. That you're releasing doors right now. And we're going to walk through the door and we're not going to hesitate. We're going to walk through and this church, this, this people, our church family, may we never be the same. May we never be the same. May you mark us with this moment, Lord. That this isn't just a good time of cool testimonies. But that you're marking us this morning with a fresh fire to walk it out. And to live it. So, Lord, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for what you're going to do.